0: Ladies and gentlemen, it is official. Donald Trump has been defeated. He is now down in Pennsylvania, Georgia, Nevada, and Arizona. And the race has been called. Pennsylvania has been called pushing Joe Biden over the 270 electoral college vote threshold. He is now the president-elect of the United States, an extra team of Secret Service agents, have literally been dispatched to his home to protect him in light of this announcement. And I want to let us know that because of really hard lessons that we've learned in the past about how we have to push Democrats to do right by us, today needs to be the first day that we pivot to making sure that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and the Democratic Party do right by all of us who elected them. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The the Breakdown. The the, 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 the Breakdown. The the, the, the Breakdown. First off, I do just want to celebrate with all of you. I know many of us, particularly my listeners and the audience of the breakdown, I know we're not huge Joe Biden fans. I I have been an opponent of Joe Biden for a very long time. And it was it was literally uh even difficult for me to get over myself uh when he became the nominee, but I really in a lot of ways followed the lead of Bernie Sanders who was able to put aside his own feelings, his own policy differences. And Bernie did more campaign events for Joe Biden than any other major figure in the country. And in a lot of ways, uh, I tried to follow Bernie's lead in that regard. And I promised a few people that after Bernie lost, that I would limit my critiques of Joe Biden to no more than one per week. (laughs) It was so hard because there are so many critiques and I didn't, I didn't want to cause any damage to his candidacy. And uh, my primary priority was defeating Donald Trump. And even when I voted uh, this past Sunday, I voted early here in New York, I really saw my vote as a vote against Donald Trump. And I saw it as an opportunity to do, as my friend Linda Sarsour and, and Tamika Mallory and others have said, in some ways we're choosing our opponent. Do we want to be fighting Donald Trump for racial justice, for economic equality, or do we want to be fighting Joe Biden for these things? Do we want to be fighting against an opponent that uh, installed a Muslim ban, or do we want to be fighting against an opponent who said he would repeal that thing on the first day he's in office? And in a lot of ways, we are choosing Joe Biden to be our opponent. And... I don't mean that in that we are literally running against him, but the fight for racial justice, the fight for deep systemic change, it begins now. And we must begin doing everything within our power to communicate to Joe Biden, to to Kamala Harris, to this administration that we want say in. Who they pick to the cabinet and they damn sure better allow Stacey Abrams to pick any position she damn sure pleases (laughs) because there is no way in hell that Georgia flips without her registering nearly a million new voters all over the state and campaigning for Joe Biden, frankly, uh, when it wasn't even necessarily the popular thing to do. I think Stacey Abrams and Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms and others understood that it was highly likely that Joe would win Georgia and that they would need to push him over the top for the good of the country to defeat Donald Trump. And we need to let this upcoming administration know, not tomorrow, not in January, not in March or May of next year, not after the inauguration, they are beginning their plans now right now. And who they choose to be in their cabinet for attorney general needs to be someone with a heart and experience for civil rights. Period. Bottom line, pointblank.com, it needs to be somebody with a civil rights focus and history. Every policy that we're talking about needs to be a lessening the footprint of mass incarceration of police brutality of the of the so-called war on drugs that we all know was never really a war on drugs, but was a war on people, particularly black people all over this country. And these are things. and And I'm now I feel free to say this. Joe Biden was the father of mass incarceration. He helped craft and build this system more than any single individual in the entire country. And for most of his career in the Senate, he said this openly. He called it the Joe Biden crime bill. He advocated for so many policies that still linger today and cause so many problems. And we're going to hold his feet to the fire to undo what he built, to deconstruct what he built. And here is my hope. I don't I don't know if it's going to happen. My hope is that because he built it, because he crafted the blueprints, he can be highly skilled at deconstructing it. And we damn sure are going to hold his feet to the fire. Listen, I have a quick word from a brand new sponsor that we're glad to have on board here at The Breakdown. And then I want to speak about some specific policies that we have to, pif- have to pivot and advocate for right away. I'll be right back. I'm an entrepreneur, and this is a message really for all the current or future entrepreneurs who might be listening to this episode of the breakdown, the holiday season is here and holiday shoppers are buying more stuff online than ever before. And if you're an online seller and you're worried about keeping up with all of that stuff that you have to deliver ship station can help ShipStation helps online sellers get orders out quickly. They help you save money on shipping costs and they help you keep customers happy. No matter where you're selling, if it's on Shopify, if it's on Amazon, if it's on eBay, if it's on your own website, ShipStation brings all of your orders into one simple interface. And right now, the Breakdown listeners can try ShipStation free, it's a huge deal, for 60 days when you use the offer code BREAKDOWN. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in BREAKDOWN. That's at ShipStation.com, then enter the offer code BREAKDOWN. Make sure that your business, this is so important, can meet the demands of this massive online shopping season and get started entrepreneurs at shipstation.com today. Check it out and let me know what you think, all right? As many of you know, if you follow any of the work that I do to try to elect district attorney candidates all over the country, most of most of what we know about injustice is super local. Police brutality happens in cities and people are typically killed by police by their local police department or local sheriff's office there. People are rarely killed by the FBI or federal agents. It does happen, but it's rare. Almost 95% of all people who are incarcerated are incarcerated in local jails, state prisons. Now, we do, of course, now have ICE detention centers, federal prisons, and those are real as well. But so much of what we know about the justice system happens on the local level. But I need to teach for a moment, if you don't mind. The President of the United States and the power of the White House. Sets so much of the agenda for local jurisdictions. And not only that, there's something incredibly powerful that Joe Biden, in part, helped to craft and build. During the era of the early 1990s, when Joe Biden wrote the crime bill, he helped craft legislation that said if police departments and local jails and prisons If they do A, B, and C, we will then give them federal money. Well, police departments and prisons, they rely on that federal money. So they started agreeing, saying, oh, yeah, we'll do A, we'll do B, we'll do C. Just please send us the federal money and we'll do it. And that then gave a lot of oversight and and bargaining power to the federal government. And the Obama administration tried to wield that in some smarter ways to say, hey, we are now forcing you into certain policy agreements with us as long as you expect to receive any federal support. There are lots of ways that the federal government, starting at the White House, can influence policy in local police departments, jails, and prisons. They can also begin with immediately decriminalizing cannabis and marijuana on the federal level. It is still a crime, so much so that you can have weed in your backpack in Atlanta, but if you then take it into the Atlanta airport, which becomes like a federal workspace, you've now committed a crime. And uh, drug-sniffing dogs and others and police may arrest you right there because... Flying it in and carrying it in, in a federal space is still a crime. In spite of the reality that it's been decriminalized and legalized all over the country, it remains a banned f- drug on every federal list. President Obama should have removed it, and it, it's unthinkable that he didn't. But in the four years since, the, the logic and thinking on this, even in moderate Democratic circles, and Joe Biden is a moderate Democrat, Um, It's changed. And what I know, though, is he's going to be half he's going to have to be pushed to do this. He's going to have to be pushed to fight for a fifteen dollar minimum wage, even though he campaigned on it. He's going to have he is going to have to be pushed for that period. Any appointment, any policy, he is not going to default to advocating for the most progressive positions and. We have to force him to do right by us on climate change and addressing the climate crisis on uh, on not just who he will appoint to attorney general, but as the head of the civil rights division on who he appoints as secretary of state on who he appoints to head the CDC on who he appoints to oversee the Treasury, uh, the, the, the Labor Department, the State Department. All of these things matter. And if nothing else, Joe Biden, who served eight years in the White House as vice president to our nation's first black president, and nearly 35 years in the federal government as a United States senator, he knows how these systems operate. So he never has an excuse to play dumb. We have to force him to do right by us. Because I, frankly, Just don't default to believing that he will. Listen, I literally have to get to work right away. We're going to begin pushing on this right now. And uh, I want us all on the same page. Love and appreciate all of you. Hope you stay tuned. Uh, Grateful for your support. And I'm excited that we are now counting down the days in which we will no longer have a president named Donald Trump. Take care, everybody. Have a great weekend break it down break the break the break break it down Ooh. it's the pathway to freedom to be to the north star the six star hey my name is Brandon Janice and I'm the host of Sick Empire a brand new podcast brought to you by the North Star On Sick Empire, I interview New Yorkers who, in different ways, fight on the front lines for change in the city during the coronavirus pandemic. Please listen to hear a unique mix of stories from essential workers, small business owners, artists, and elected officials who are all experiencing the chaos of COVID in their own ways. Listen to Sick Empire on all streaming platforms, and you can support the show and any of our other podcasts by heading over to thenorthstar.com and becoming a member.